0: Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Haug, founder of the international online coaching business, Team Ange. I'm an expert in building muscle and losing fat, a natural figure and fitness pro athlete with the UFE, and a lover of everything personal development. I'm a mom, a businesswoman. Most days, I just feel like a hot mess trying to keep it all together. I spent the first two decades of my life overweight, tired, hating vegetables, and living off Pepsi. I got sick and tired of feeling tired every day and decided to transform my life. This fitness and nutrition podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering listeners on all things training nutrition, and personal development. I'm on a mission to help you improve your body, achieve your goals, live a confident and fulfilled life, stepping into your full potential. So let's help you transform physically and mentally to a person that's been hiding underneath all along. Let's do it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. We are nearing the end of the year. A couple of weeks before Christmas, I actually just got back from an amazing trip with my husband. We went to New York City, finally got some time to reconnect and just, you know, celebrate the fact that we got married this year. So we had a great time in New York City. I celebrated my 30th birthday and now we are back, back to work back to wrapping up some projects for the rest of the year. And uh, I have a really cool conversation here that I'm really excited to share with all you guys. So I am chatting with Karen Gallagher. She's a certified holistic nutritionist, strength and conditioning specialist, health and life coach. And we just have a wicked awesome conversation all about how losing weight or achieving a certain level of fitness will never be enough. So we talk about yo-yo binge eating patterns. We talk about the struggle to really find self-love and how sometimes when we're really lean, we struggle the most with trying to love ourselves. So this is a really beautiful, open, vulnerable conversation with Karen. Karen was a former competitive figure skater and fitness athlete for really most of her life. She's overcome a lot of personal struggles throughout her journey to achieve her own body and mind transformation. She's overcome binge eating, body image challenges, self-sabotaging, perfectionist mindset, all that stuff that can really plague us down. So wicked awesome conversation. I know that you guys are going to absolutely love how raw open vulnerable this conversation really gets both of us share things that we've never talked about openly in this kind of format so hope you guys enjoy today's conversation my conversation with karen gallagher welcome to the podcast karen thanks for joining me
1: thank you so much for having me i'm super excited to be here and excited to to meet you today
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know we got chatting a little bit prior to the interview starting today, but Karen, I just have to say, like, there were so many pieces from your own personal story that made me go, oh my God, oh my God, we've got to talk about that, we got to talk about that. Because there is just this, so much of your history is very much like my own history and like so many other women. And I think I just want to start with, How in the world you got to where you are by directly contrasting that with where you were back when you used to do competitions, back when you used to be in the cycle of overeating and and binge eating and and really struggling with that self-love piece. Let's just start in that dark spot of what that was like for you, Karen, and then move our way up to where you are right now.
1: Wow, okay, so it depends on how far we wanna go back. I wanna go
0: back like Uh, as early as your earliest memories are of not having a good relationship with food. Okay. Or with your body,
1: uh, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, So we're going way back to, gosh, when I was competing as a, a competitive figure skater. So I started when I was about five, six years old and got really competitive in my, I'd say around 12 years old and was on the ice about 20, 25 hours a week. And, you know, I was traveling for competitions and I was going away to, you know, I was away for the summertime for the entire summer, um, away from home, about three or four hours away from home. And um, so that's when it all kind of began. And, um, you know, as you know, there's a lot of pressure in that sport to look a certain way, but then you have this, you have to be athletic as well too. Kind of similar to the fitness competitions. You have to, you know, perform, a certain way to be athletic but you also have to aesthetically look a certain way too and it was very similar in figure skating. And I think where I really started to kind of go into a dark place in terms of, of my binge eating and overeating and having a distorted, distorted relationship with my body and with food was when I was about 13 years old and I was away at a training camp in Cambridge, Ontario and um, I remember, um, we always, you know, we were on the ice for probably about five or six hours a day. And then we'd have about an hour and a half to two hours of off ice conditioning practice after, and we'd just go home at like seven, eight o'clock at night and crash. And so, you know, I'm just a regular kid. I never had any issues with my body then very athletic, um, fit. And, um, So one day, um, one of the the head trainer had called a bunch of girls in to a dressing room. And so we're all thinking, oh, wow, you know, like maybe we're going to get to do something cool, you know, and you're thinking all these good things. And he comes in, slams the door behind behind him and starts yelling at us saying, you know, you guys are all overweight, your body fat is not as low as I want it to be. If you don't get your body fat below 10%, within the next two weeks, you're all going home. So, and this man was very intimidating, he was a very strong, powerful man, and for a 13-year-old, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of scared, I was freaking out at the time. And so, right then and there was the time when I started to, you know, cut back on my calories, I thought, well, okay, the only way I'm going to do this is, you know, cut down on my calories, cut down on what I'm eating, I started, you know, skipping meals, and then every Friday was a weigh-in day, and we get weighed in, we'd have our measurements done, we'd have our body fat taken. So usually Friday I'd be on the ice for about five hours, as I mentioned, and with the off-ice conditioning too on top of that, and with no food in my body. And then after that, after being weighed and having my body fat percentage taken, um, I, was then, I would then go and we'd just binge. A bunch of girls and I would just go to, you know, Tim Hortons and get whatever we wanted and then plus eat our meal on top of that and just eat and eat and eat until we couldn't stand up anymore kind of thing. So that's kind of when it started. Um, I struggled with it a little bit when I went back home. I didn't really think too much of it, but I thought, okay, this is the way I have to control my weight, right? So um, fast track a little bit into, um, I obviously went off to university, went away from home, and stopped skating at that time, it just it wasn't working with my schedule, with my school and at that point I would lost passion in my sport and uh, that's when a lot of the binging um, had occurred where I would you know, go for a couple of days where I'd eat hardly anything and then I'd have a few days of just eating uncontrollably. And that's when I gained the most amount of my weight during that time. So I think I I probably went into university weighing maybe about 120 pounds, and then I gained probably about 30, 40 pounds on top of that. Um, To be honest, I don't even know what I weighed because I was wearing heavy, baggy, you know, baggy track pants and sweatshirts so that I could camouflage it so nobody would see it, right? So, and I really isolated myself, I isolated myself from friends from my parents, my parents didn't know I was struggling this much, um, you know, until they, you know, I came back from university in the summertime, they could see that I gained this weight. And, um, so, you know, basically it just kind of snowballed into that. And, uh, then I met my, my husband, he's now my ex-husband now. And, Things shifted. Um I I think what had happened during that time uh not only was obviously I was falling in love and I was happy, but I started living again. I was, you know, interacting with friends, I was, you know, going out and doing the things that I loved. I got back to the gym, I got back into running because those are the things that I loved, and just naturally I started eating better. And everything shifted and I weight seemed to come off of me at that time. And um you know that I held off for probably about five or six years and then I got into fitness competitions and cause I wanted to replace my competitive nature you know that I had from figure skating and I love to be athletic but I wanted to have that goal right and so I got into it for all the right reasons a lot of people in the fitness industry you hear they get in into it for the wrong reasons Uh, you know whether they want to lose weight or look a certain way and they think that's the fastest way to achieve it I got into it because I just wanted to be athletic again and I wanted to have that goal and I just love moving my body and I love the look of the physique and and fitness competitors that really intrigued me so I got into that and probably Gosh, I competed for about six, seven years, uh, show after show after show. I got my pro card with the WBFF. I competed with the OPA. Uh, One of my final shows was at the Arnold's uh, in in the bikini category. So I was, you know, I achieved a lot in the in the industry, competitive wise, and absolutely loved it. And then probably about five or six years into it, I started struggling again with that binge eating. And I, you know, I used to think that it was the nature of the sport, you know, eating so extreme one way and then, you know, all of a sudden trying to go back to regular eating and, you know, your healthy, regular, typical eating. But it was more about what was going on inside me at that time. And there was a lot of things that were going on in my life that I really didn't realize, and I was utilizing the food to actually compress that. And what really um, made me recognize that was, um, one day I was, my husband used to work in the States, and he used to, leave on a Monday morning and then he'd come back on a Friday. And so I would, you know, drop him off at the airport and then as soon as I drop him off, I'd stop at the Tim Hortons, I would get a pack of donuts. Um, I would have stopped at, you know, maybe a Burger King and get a burger. And then I'd stop at the grocery store. Anything that I could get, any type of food I could get my hands on, and I would go home and essentially eat until I couldn't move. And then I'd just fall asleep. And that was my Monday. And this pattern went on for gosh, probably about a year, year and a half. And I was still personal training. I had my my women's only studio in my home. And, you know, I was really busy with that. And the whole time I was thinking to myself, how can I be training women and be preaching this to them when I can't even get this together myself, right? So I started researching a little bit about it. And I was researching it more from, You know, um, athletes with eating disorders, because I'm thinking, I don't really, I didn't think I had an eating disorder, but I knew what I was doing was not right and it wasn't healthy, and I wanted to help, you know, I wanted to get help. So I ended up reaching out to a psychologist here in Toronto. I was living in Ottawa at the time, and she specialized with female athletes. I thought this is perfect. So I explained to her everything that was going on with my life, and, um, you know, and I was happily married. And uh, the first thing she says to me was, you're having an affair. And I said, what do you mean having an affair? She said, you're having an affair on your husband with food. And I was like, oh my God, like this kind of light bulb went off in my head and I thought, wow, she really hit the nail on the head there. And it really resonated with me. And that was when I realized that I was using food, obviously to compress a feeling of loneliness and that absence from my husband during the week. So once I, I figured that out, I was able to Um, you know, I, I still continue to, to reach out to her and, and we counseled over the phone. And, uh, once I was able to, to figure that out, I was able to take steps in terms of, of how to get myself out of that and how to better myself and, you know, how to, you know, really be in tune with my body and my emotions and how to not utilize food and to actually get to, to the, you know, what the issue is, right. And to, to come up with different coping mechanisms to to get past that. So that was probably, I probably gained about, um, gosh, probably about 15, 20 pounds. And um, very uncomfortable with myself. Um, you know, a lot of women can resonate with that, you know, pulling your jeans on and not feeling comfortable, not being able to do up the button and, you know, not feeling confident about yourself, um, you know, not wanting to be out in social you know situations. And um, so it was it was really hard for me. And it took a couple of years. It, it, It wasn't something that happened overnight, but it took a few years for me to get to where I'm at today. And it's still still challenging, but I'm really finding I'm at a place of peace with my body. And, you know, much happier. And I know when, you know, I know what my triggers are and I know what can set me off in terms of that emotional eating and that binge eating. And I know what to do during those times, especially when, um, you know, you're feeling like you're out of control. Right. So that's kind of what happened in a nutshell, over the last squash. That's probably from the age of 13 all the way up until 40-something.
0: <laughs> hmm mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. I love so much of what you just shared there, and I thank you for sharing in, like, an open and authentic way what all of that really felt like for you. I think in terms of the loneliness component or in terms of the suppression of a particular emotion, do you feel as though the reason why you ate when you were younger versus the reason why you ate when you were older were the same or different?
1: You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about that just recently, actually, and um, it's very similar, actually. It's very similar, even though my initial um, experience as a figure skater was a little bit different, but it was when I remember coming back home from my skating. I'm an only child. So I'm a very independent person. So I found that when I was eating a lot as a teenager and as a child, it was when I was lonely. It was when I was by myself and it was in isolation. Or it was usually if I wasn't feeling like I was wanted by, you know, whether it's my parents or my my friends. So it was... Very, uh, very similar triggers, and then the same going into my 20s and 30s, and obviously, and it is something that creeps up now. I, I, you know, I'm at a point now where I can, you know, kind of get a grasp of it before, you know, it unravels. But I feel that, you know, I'm at a point in my life now where I know what those triggers are, and you know, I know um, ways, different mechanisms that I can use to cope during those times.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though it's a behavior that you don't want other people to see you doing? Like, Do you feel as though either certain foods or certain types of foods, you can't eat those in front of other people sometimes?
1: Um, at one point in my life, yes. Now, not so much. And I really, truly... Uh, believe that I'm at a place of peace with my body right now and, um, you know, comfortable with where I am. And my, my weight fluctuates, it still fluctuates up and down and I think, you know, years ago I, I had issues with that. I would only eat certain foods in front of people and a lot of the times, you know, when I was binging, obviously I was eating the foods that I wouldn't dare anybody would would think I would eat, right? Mm-hmm. Especially being a fitness professional and a nutritionist. I, I wouldn't want anybody. And to be honest with you, it's it's um this is a story that I haven't shared. This is probably maybe the third or fourth time I've shared this story. So I'm just, you know, being open about it right now. And Zach, uh, I know it's it's you know, not everybody's alone in this, right? There's so many other women that struggle with with this, with the binge eating, the yo-yo dieting and these, you know, distorted eating patterns. And I just feel that, um, yeah, I'm at a place where now I feel comfortable. If I'm in company, whether it's with friends or family, I'm really in tune with my body where I listen to, you know, is this something that I truly want? Uh, Do I feel nourished right now? You know, if there's a piece of cake or, you know, pecan pie or cookies or whatever it is, uh, clearly I'm a sweets person. Um, You know, if it's something that I really, really want and, you know, I'm hungry, and I, I really listen to my body and it's not I'm eating out of an emotion or, you know, some other type of external trigger, then yeah, I, I just go for it and I feel comfortable doing so in front of people. And that's taking a really long time to get to that
0: to that mm-hmm. point. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate so much to so many of the pieces of that that you shared there. I found for myself, too, when I first started competing, the biggest part and even just being a trainer, I felt as though I couldn't. There's always comments, right? So there's always comments like, oh, you're going to eat that today or, oh, you're not going to eat that today. And those comments made me go, OK, in front of front of these people i better always eat healthy or i better you know um be on the defense and it became that i only ever wanted to eat those foods in secrecy because i was ashamed that i was ashamed of what people would say or do and i almost just as much as i was choosing to be alone I wanted to be alone in the same regard like I wanted to eat it and not be interrupted in with the comments cuz I just at that point wasn't ready to I think I'm now. how do I describe this I'm now at a place that I'm like I do what I want and I don't really care what anybody has to say about it but getting to that place of showing up authentically as yourself is so freaking tough so Mm -hmm. I think like so many of us can relate to that and even I even think fitness professionals as well I think there is that there's always yeah there's always the comments about the way that we that we eat so I think um yeah, it can be tough. I think that that's really going to strike a chord for a lot of a lot of people that are listening. Now, you've come back to the you have a lot of tools that you can use now. So let, let's talk about some of those tools. If we have some listeners that are thinking like, holy, I am exactly where um, where these ladies have been in the past. What do they do?
1: Well, there's, there's many things. It really depends on the type of person I'm working with, right, and where they're at. And a lot of times when women come to me, it's, you know, it's never about the weight loss. You know, I've been doing this for, for about 18 years, and, um, you know, they all want to come and lose 10, 15, 20, maybe 30 pounds, right? But there's always some underlying reason why. And that's the first question I ask them. It's like, why do you want to lose this weight? Why do you want to be you know, if you're at 180 pounds now, why do you want to be 130 pounds? Why do you think your life is going to be different? What's going to really truly change for you? Um, So that's one of the biggest things, um, you know, we dive deep into. The other thing is just honoring the now. And this is a huge, huge thing for a lot of women. And I find that you know, in, especially my coaching business, we spend a lot of time on this piece is just honoring who you are right now in this moment as you are and be happy with who you are. Whether, you know, like I said, you're 10, 15, 20 pounds overweight. Um, And just being aware of that. You know, having that awareness around, around um, who you are. And I find that once you're able to be okay with that, then I find that a lot of women are able to take those steps much easier to step into that lifestyle that they wanna create. Um, It's not easy, and that's the thing a lot of people think, well, you know, oh, don't you just hand me, you know, a meal plan or, you know, a training program, right? And, you know, you can, you go on the internet and, and Google that and you'll get tons of free stuff, right? It's not about that, it's about, you know, where you are right now and what is keeping you from Taking those action steps to step into that healthy lifestyle. So I'd say the first step is just honoring where you're at right now, the reasons why you want to lose that weight. Um, and it can't be just, you know, well, I'm going on vacation. You know, there's there's got to be something much deeper than that, right? That that um that's going to motivate you to get to where you're gonna where you want to be. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. What
0: do you see when you go through that journey with them? Of. They want to hit this number and they're like, when I hit this number, when I hit that size, I'm going to be so friggin' happy. What do you see or what is the truth of what that looks like because i know for me i think like i always grew up overweight and and i thought oh yeah that is when i'll be happy but that happiness is so fucking temporary Mm -hmm. and if you don't love every bit of you some days Mm -hmm. you some days you look better than other days and both of those are just fine right so so from the woman's perspective she expects it to be like this but what from your perspective is it really like
1: it's it's not. <laughs> and it's interesting because you we all think that, right? And I thought that too during my my transformation and my journey. And I thought, you know, when I get into fitness competing, you know, I'm looking through the magazines, Oxygen magazine and women's health and fitness and looking at all these beautiful bodies, thinking, Wow, she must have this perfect life, she must have everything put together and she's got the husband in the car and the house and you know, these covers in the magazines and you think, you know, everything's still perfect, right? And there was a part of me that, that wanted to achieve all of that, right? And, and that was part of my, I guess, fuel to, you know, to kind of, I guess, get me going in that, in the fitness, in the fitness industry and competing. And, um, you know, once I got there, I realized when, and it was actually at the Arnold Classic where, actually where my life actually started to really, um, derail, you know, I was on the stage, there was a hundred bikini girls and, you know, probably the best shape of my life. And I got off stage and instead of going out and celebrating and, you know, wanting to be with friends and family during that time, I just wanted to stay in. And, you know, again, the binge eating happened again after that. And, you know, that was another kind of rock bottom for me where I realized where, you know, okay, I'm striving for this perfection, not feeling that I'm good enough. And I'm striving for this happiness that I think I'm going to achieve just because I win a trophy or because I'm standing on a stage with some of the top athletes in the world. And I walk away and I'm not feeling that. And, you know, I always explain to you, I actually use this with a lot of my clients. I use this example with a lot of my, my ladies that I train with is, you know, I went from That extreme. I was at the complete end of the spectrum where you're standing on a stage with this perfect physique and you're still not happy and you're still not feeling that you're enough as a person. And, you know, it's the same thing. If a woman comes to me and wants to lose, you know, 15, 20 pounds, you know, they're not feeling that they're enough and they feel that if they lose that weight, they're going to have all that happiness in their life and and they're going to feel that they're enough. But the one thing that I do. Another tool that I use is I break down their life into 12 different areas. So we look at, uh, and this is one of the, the other first steps that I do is, you know, I, I look at their relationships, I look at their social life, I look at their career, I look at their self-development, their education, their happiness, like their fun and activity in their life. And we, we rate that, we go through all that in terms of where they are in their life in all those different areas and, you know, if you're not fulfilled in all those areas, then obviously that fulfillment is gonna come from other avenues and other external um, avenues, right? Like food, it could be food, alcohol, drugs, shopping, you know, spending money, anything like that, right? So, yeah, it's, um, you know, I think it's that feeling of enough and, you know, achieving, you know, that happiness and I think a lot of women think that they're going to get that if they if they lose the weight but it's not about that it's it's not about that at all
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and the there's so much power behind ranking those areas and I feel as though high achievers or high performers can often get caught on the path of trying to be perfect and pursuing like goals wholeheartedly. And like, then you look at these other areas of their life, whether it's their relationship with their partners or how much they go out and drink. And they're just like, hustle, 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 hustle. And then they really get a life that's very out of balance. And I know that is something over the past year that I've really, it's come to the forefront a lot. And it's been like kind of planted in my face where it's like, okay, which which one are you going to choose, Ange? Are you going to choose this or this? For example, like, I got my pro card in the spring, got married in September, and then decided to do the World Pro Championships in um, November. So in between there, my May show, I was the leanest I have ever been, and I literally could not see it for the life of me. I was looking in the mirror, like, could not see it could not see it, could not see it. And I'm like, what in the world? Why, why, how can I, how can you not see this? How can you not see that you are like 7% body fat? Like, I don't know how Mm -hmm. you can't see this in your brain. And then coming out of that, there's like, I'm feeling unhappy. And then I'm like, oh, why? Like, this is, this is the goal that you have always wanted was getting a pro card. Why do you, why are you here? Why are you so unhappy? And so Mm -hmm. like, after that, it's like, then it was, okay, well, you're, you're planning for your wedding, so you better get your brain on straight and figure out what in the world actually makes you happy because this goal right here is as much as you should be happy. And, like, I was happy for a short period of time, but, like, in the mirror, I was like, what in the world? I can't believe I can't see this. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, okay. Well, this is going to be the ultimate test because I'm going to get – I'm going to get married and I'm going to weigh a lot more than what I do today in this right now. I'm going to be in a wedding dress probably 15 pounds more than my stage weight just based on like figure I think is like next level in terms of leanness. So it like realistically like okay so now you're gonna go get married. If you look at your wedding pictures or if you wake up on that day of getting married and that is how you feel like you feel unhappy you feel the way that you do right now which in like the way I was feeling in May I'm like you need to go get help because the that was just like two very clear vivid instances where I was like and you better make sure your head is in the right spot and like focusing on developing that happiness as I was gaining weight from show to wedding was like one of the most profound journeys of my entire life. Cause I can honestly say for the first time I was like, okay, no, you are, you are like, you are without a doubt happy. You are without a doubt happy. And you've, um, been making choices between your show and right now to make sure that your happiness was a priority. And It was one of those moments where I was like, I am so glad that I went through that and had those very like vivid examples for myself. Because had I not had that show, I feel like all I would have wanted to do was look lean on my wedding day. In my mind, I would have been like, oh, you better look you better look like you're a fitness person on your wedding day. That is, I know, I know myself and where my brain was. I know that would have been my mindset versus what was going on was this amazing healing journey being like, and no, you need to take this experience and you have to make sure that you are creating a life that is what actually makes you, actually makes you happy. So I... Um, yeah, I'm glad that this platform was a place where I was able to share that and, and talk about that, that journey of happiness. But I can honestly say that as much as pursuing fitness competitions was like what I thought was going to be that fulfillment component, I'm like, this was a cool goal and we crossed it off. This is what I, what I really wanted to do. But I, feel as though knowing what I know now and looking back at it, I know that my life could never only be competing if I wanted to feel fulfilled. And for some people, competing is that complete fulfillment and all the power to them. but it sounds like your story and my story are very the same in that perspective of we should have in that moment been over the moon, completely fulfilled so happy but we weren't and Mm -hmm. i think like when you tune into that it's a game changer like Mm i i i love that you shared your experience um um about that karen i just it's it seems backward it seems backwards but at the same time it doesn't seem backwards if that makes sense
1: yeah and I think at the end of the day, you're you're looking. You know, you could be fulfilled in all areas of your life, like you mentioned. You, you're happy with your with your partner. You're happy with you know your home life, and everything may be great, but maybe it's the happiness within. It's the happiness with yourself, right? And having that self love. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, that was that was a huge. Peace. like I, I always felt that I was never smart enough I wasn't pretty enough I was always compared to other little girls in, in high school like in grade school and high school you know mm-hmm. oh, look at her she's much prettier than you she's much smarter than you so I struggled with that a little bit throughout my life right and yeah. I always had that pressure on myself for that perfection and you know it wasn't until I took that off myself and just really looked inward and was a little bit more patient with myself and you know practice self love and that's another thing that I work closely with my clients is that's another tool that we use is that that self love you know you're, mm-hmm. you're never going to be happy with yourself like if you can't be happy with yourself today in this moment and and you want to be over here and lose another 15 20 pounds you're not going to be happy over here either you're still going to be miserable because you're going to be looking at yourself going well now i want a six pounds. now now I want those sculpted shoulders right Yeah. so you have to be happy with who you are in this moment and that's one thing that I have really really have accomplished is is just being happy where I'm at and as I mentioned I'll I'll gain five pounds maybe you know sometimes ten pounds and I'm okay with it I just say you know what I've I've enjoyed I went on vacation I had a few drinks I enjoyed indulging and I was enjoying life and that's normal right and you know, I know that I'll, I'll get back into my routine again, right? It doesn't happen very often, but, you know, I just um, I just really listen to my body too. I listen to what it wants and I try to fuel it based on, you know, its hunger and what it needs for, for those, you know, to expend energy and not on an emotion or, you know, on fulfilling something that's lacking in my life.
0: Mm-hmm, hmm Now, where do we start with, the process of having that kind of listening to your body what are some of the things that people should be paying attention to if they're not sure right like you're saying i um i know what my body needs like i think for a lot of people maybe they don't they don't know what are the things like the red flags that maybe they should be queuing into or the things that are going on that maybe they should be taking inventory of in terms of those body signals
1: I there's 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 different things and for a lot of women obviously it's the food part um, and just I think just slowing down in life in general especially for women we've got so many different rules as you know you know, wife, mother, they're they're career people, they're looking after the house, right? They're taking kids to and from hockey and ballet and dance and everything. And there's so many different rules. And, you know, we're just on autopilot all the time and taking that time just to slow down and be with yourself and actually clue in, you know, instead of, you know, stopping it at the donut shop or, you know, a fast food place and, you know, eating while you're driving, stop and actually listen to your body. Are you hungry in this moment? Are you in a point of stress? Or, you know, did you just have a stressful day at work and you're looking for ways to kind of, you know, deal with that as opposed to actually sitting down and creating, making a healthy meal or, you know, de stressing by going to the gym, that type of thing. Um, one thing that I, I do personally is. You know, I, I stop and I, as I mentioned, I listen to my body. Am I hungry in this moment, or is this an emotion that I'm trying to trying to avoid and fulfill with food? Um, you know, as I mentioned, learning learning to accept yourself as you are um, is 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 super important, and just being patient during that moment as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and having that compassion towards yourself.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Do you ever feel like when we start to check in, we notice like, oh, hey, that food or that combination of foods provided me with more clarity or provided me with like better brain function. I don't have brain fog anymore. Or um, we check in and we're no longer having bloating or we're no longer having this like gas that was always going on for us Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. do you ever when you work with people karen have them take inventory of of those kind of symptoms as well
1: yeah absolutely um you know and just listening as you mentioned just listening to their body when they're you know if they're eating properly how do they feel do they have that energy afterwards are they sleeping better at night um you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to if they are having those processed high you know high fat high sugary foods You know, how does that make you feel? Is that, you know, giving you the energy? Is it making you lethargic? Is it, you know, giving you digestive issues or bloating, that type of thing? Um, And, you know, being patient with that, you know, I just, as I mentioned, I think people are just so... Go go go, and they want that fast fix, right? Yeah. Do anything to get to it. That they actually don't slow down and and actually pay attention. You know, if you if you eat something, it doesn't make you feel good. Then then why are you eating it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something I tell my clients all the time. And you know, you uh, a lot of things to you, and I guess this goes back to my competing years of weighing the food and you know, counting the calories and, you know, counting your macros, that's something that I, I don't really teach a lot in my practice. I try to get women to really be in tune with their bodies because again, a lot of the women that I'm working with are coming from that, that place of counting every morsel of food and calorie that goes into their body. And then, you know tracking how much exercise they're doing to burn off those calories right and I just want to you know and on top of that they're weighing themselves on a regular basis and you know they're they're going about their day based on what the scale is with that number saying back to them rather than how they feel right Mm -hmm. so one of the first things I say is get rid of the scale get rid of all the food scales and just eat close to nature you know our bodies are intended to to eat the fruits and the vegetables and, you know, the lean proteins and the healthy fats. You know, if you want an avocado, eat the whole avocado. Your body needs that, right? And it's going to utilize that for energy much better than it is a burger and fries, right? So, Mm -hmm. and that's one thing, you know, um, you got to be aware of. Like, again, going back to listening to your body, when you eat that avocado, how do you feel? Well, I feel great. You know, I feel a little bit satisfied. I feel full. Um, You know, I have energy. I don't feel bloated. And what happens? We need that burger and fries. Well, I feel lethargic, and you know, my skin is inflamed the next day, and my stomach is bloated, and I didn't get a good night's sleep, and now you know, now I've got digestive issues, right? So, just really, you know, uh, keeping it simple in that sense, right? And just just listening, you know, the whole nutrition piece is is we overcomplicate it with all these different ways of eating, and you know, I just try to teach people: listen to your body, and you know, fuel it you know, the way you want to feel, right?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, based on how you want to feel. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I'm just gonna be the devil's advocate in relation to that point. So let's say we have a listener who says, Yeah, that all sounds fine and good, but what about cravings? What about those times when like I just want to have this? What right. what do you recommend in that situation?
1: So it really it just depends, right? It really depends. Again, you want to go back to listening to your body and listening to, again, where is this coming from? Is this a feeling of, like, where is this craving coming from? Are you actually hungry in this moment? Or have you actually been thinking about this food now for about a month and you just really feel that you want to indulge in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, you know, if it's something you've been thinking of and you're, you know, whatever it is, you've been craving that piece of chocolate, you know, Um, and it's been a few weeks of that then you know and your diet's been really really good then I say go for it have it but (laughs) when you choose it choose the best damn piece of chocolate that you can find don't just get you know some Hershey bar off of the off of the grocery store stand you know go for that decadent truffle and really indulge and sit down and enjoy it and you know just just enjoy it really because a lot of the times what we do is we have these cravings or we think we have these cravings and a lot of the times it's it's more emotional driven um, and we end up eating more than what we actually do and then we you know we, we eat it and we're thinking god you know and I've, I've been there where I've, I've you know thinking mm-hmm. of craving something and I overeat it and I think oh god why did I eat that and then all of, all of a sudden you have all that judgment and the shame and the guilt right mm-hmm. and you know you think, you know, why did I, why did I even have that? Because it's not even something that I was really craving, right? So Mm -hmm. what is really the underlying reason why I chose that? Mm
0: -hmm. I think it comes back. I like, this is what speaks to me so much is like, I know a lot of the binging was very mindless versus mindful. So in those moments of cravings for me, if I decide that I'm going to have it, I make myself have to be 100% present, just in alignment with so many of the things that you said, and think about every damn bite versus not being completely on that numb, mindless eating where It's you're not even being conscious in that moment, right? Um, Or even in some circumstances, there's a lot of opportunities to have that thing with other people in a social setting. So are there ways in which you can have it and also engage in conversation and have other things that are going on at that same time so you're not thinking like, okay, I'm just going to, um eat versus having conversations with people because I think sometimes that can happen. We show up at a party or at a place and we end up like within arms, cool. yeah, arms reach of the appetizers or the whatever that's there and we end up just isolating ourselves even in that situation either because we don't want to engage in conversation or whatever it may be or maybe that's a day where you've said okay well today i'm gonna allow myself to eat this but tomorrow i can't or whatever that is so i think like the active participation of the conversations with the people that you're in the room with will also have an impact too Mm
1: -hmm. Mm and you know i i think not having the restrictions and the rules around food. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the times, you know, we put those restrictions, well, I can never have this, you know, I can never have that piece of chocolate or I can never have those cookies or, you know, those chips, right? And as soon as you put those restrictions around food, then all you all you do is you think about it. Like when am I gonna eat the chocolate? When am I gonna eat the chocolate, right? Mm -hmm. So I think taking those restrictions away and I know it's really helped with me and just really and you know taking the restrictions away but also having some boundaries around it as well too because you know in life we do have to have certain boundaries whether it's in relationships or with our career or with food and you know saying to yourself the only time I can eat that chocolate is if it's the best piece of chocolate that I can find and I'm sitting down and I'm enjoying it mm-hmm. company, or I'm sitting down and I'm actually you know you know and enjoying a tea with it or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. that look like for you, right? Yep. And, you know, it's um, it's interesting that you said that about the about the gatherings because I have a lot of clients right now concerned about the, the holidays coming up, you know? Yep. Like, what am I going to do with the parties, you know? And my tip to them is always the reason why you're at the party is for friends and family, is to catch up with people that, like you mentioned, to have these conversations with people, to catch up with people that maybe you haven't seen in a few months or maybe a year, and for those relationships, right? And yeah. that should be the focus of the party, not the food, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, you have to have some boundaries around around that as well, too, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I um, n- want to just kind of shift gears for the last segment of our conversation here, Karen. But I, in doing your research, found that there was a lot of spirituality and meditation that is all-encompassing with your business and what it is that you do so can you tell me a little more about how we integrate the two how do we integrate spirituality into this whole journey and our journey of self-love
1: I think gosh so meditation I started probably about two years ago and when I first got into I thought oh my god this is all way out there for me <laughs> I can't do this you know and I started with a couple of minutes of, of meditation and now I've built up to 10 minutes even sometimes 20 minutes a day and you know again it brings you back to that you know place of of compassion and slowing down and really you know looking inward to yourself and being more in tune with yourself I I find mm-hmm. um I just know it's one of those things where, you know, when you feel like things are out of control in your life, you know, whether it's, it's you know, stress going on or anxiety or even if you're feeling some loneliness in your life, I feel that that meditation can just really kind of level you in the sense of, you know, not compressing those emotions, but just being more aware of them when they do arise mm-hmm. so that you're not utilizing those external you know, things to compress and to fulfill yourself. Um, I know working with, with some of the women that I do work with, that that's again another thing that I have them doing right away within the first couple of weeks is is the meditation, just starting with three to five minutes a day part of their routine, and it just really again, we're in such autopilot all day long and we're go go go, and this is the time where it just you know it brings you inward, it it brings you more in tune, you know both from a mindset and from a physical point of view. And, um, you know, I just find it just really sets you up for the day in terms of the choices that you make and being aware of those emotions when they do arise.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you set, like, an intention for each day? Or how does your meditation typically go?
1: Um. Sometimes I do. I, I don't... Um, I used to do that. I, I usually, to be honest with you, it's just I... I do my meditation and wherever maybe my mind is going to go that day. Um, you know, I just kind of let it flow. Sometimes I may personally be doing, you know, dealing with something myself. So I will personally, you know, do a meditation based on that. Maybe I'm having a challenge in a relationship or with a friend or a family member. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll focus on, you know, love and sending love and kindness out to this person. So it just really depends. Some days it's just more about me just focusing on my breath and just slowing down so that I can deal with whatever it is I may be you Know dealing with in my life, whether it's you know stress in my business or you know uh, just overwhelm, you know, in general, mm-hmm. That's sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Amazing, thank you for sharing that. Hey, All righty, so how in the world do you help people if people are listening to this and they're thinking, you know, what I think I would love to work with Karen, I would love to connect with you with Karen and perhaps some. Um, yeah, just take advantage of some of the resources that you have available for women.
1: So, there's different ways you can work with me. I train one-on-one uh, personal training with women out of my studio. So, that's one one way that you can work with me. Uh, where
0: are, um, are you, sorry, where are you located?
1: I'm in Brooklyn, which is about an hour northeast of Toronto. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep, yeah, Durham region area so yeah there's uh that opportunity as well as online uh coaching so distance coaching so basically I do everything from you know your meal your nutrition component exercise component and then we work a lot on the mindset coaching which is the biggest piece to that mm-hmm. um which involves you know coaching calls and um that's that's pretty much it those are the kind of the two ways to to uh to work with me at this point
0: awesome Awesome. Awesome. So what's next for you?
1: What is next? Oh, gosh. There's always stuff on the rise, right? I'm always wanting to, you know, my biggest thing is to to help as many women as possible, to reach out to as many uh, women as possible, um, you know, and continue my journey. I'm always transforming, um, you know and uh going through a transformation myself and uh i think in life we always are as women uh, Mm -hmm. and men for that matter as well and um you know just you know focusing on my business and focusing on you know staying where i'm at right now in terms of you know my happiness and fulfillment right now in life and that's yeah that's pretty much it
0: Amazing. 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 Well, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to have today's conversation and um we'll just wrap things up with one final question and that is Karen, how would you like to be remembered?
1: Oh, wow. Um I I say I just want to be able to have touched people, you know, touched people's lives and You know, inspired them as well as hopefully, you know, educated and educated them in terms of, you know, living to their full potential and feeling their best about themselves, living their healthiest, you know, most fit, confident life. And, um, you know, that's that's what gives me fuel in the morning. That's what gets me up every single morning is if I can help one woman, you know, at least once a day or, you know, once a week, I'm super happy.
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, it sounds like you are well on your way to all of that. And congratulations on all your success.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All righty. Have yourself a good day, Karen. Bye for now. That's a wrap, guys, for another episode. And I do have one special announcement. And that is to let you know that today is the last day to sign up for the Early Bird special on the 28 Day Transformation Challenge. So this is a group program that I run three times a year. Essentially, it is designed to lose that stubborn fat from your stomach and thighs without giving up chocolate, wine, pizza, and just really, breaking free from that yo-yo dieting cycle. So this is going to be taking place in January, but I always run a sale about a month before the challenge happens so that you guys can get the best price. So you're gonna save 50 bucks if you sign up today to take part in the challenge. The challenge officially starts on Monday, January 14th. So today, last day to sign up and really get that discounted rate. Now there are only limited spaces available, so I want you to head on over to angelahouk.com, click on the link for the 28 Day Transformation Challenge to get all of the details. This includes a program that is really going to help you lose weight, increase your energy, learn how to satisfy your cravings without having to make separate meals for your family. You won't have to spend hours in the kitchen cooking, you won't have to do long workouts, and you're not going to have to cut out your favorite foods. So, you're really going to get everything that you need to start January off on the right foot and be surrounded by some people that can really give you the tools to make 2019 an epic year for you. So if any of this is resonating and you're like, oh, I, I'm kind of interested, head on over to AngelaHope.com. get all of the details and find out if it might be the right fit for you. I hope that I get to work with some of you guys coming into 2019. Now, if you do miss the early bird sale, maybe you're listening to this after the sale is over. You can still sign up by heading to the website if there are spots available. Get all the details about the program and how it can make some lasting changes for you by heading to my website. Thanks guys. See you next week. Guys, I'm on a really big mission here and I want to transform one million lives, but I need your help. I can't do it alone. I want you to take this episode, share it with just one person. Maybe it's a friend or a family member or maybe a coworker, just one person who could really benefit from the information in this week's episode or perhaps a previous episode. That is how we create impact. That is how we get this movement going. That's how we take people from feeling tired and just not having, a fulfilled life, and we put them into fulfilling their full potential. So I challenge you guys to share this with just one person. It would mean the world to me. And as always, head on over to iTunes, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. They come out every single Thursday. That is my commitment to all of you guys so that you guys can continually grow, expand, and
1: fulfill your full potential. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Lots of love, Ange.